Welcome. I'm Kelly Portola, and this is Her Expat Retirement. Today's episode is Why a Solo Retired American Woman is Moving to Thailand for the Rest of Her Life. Part 1. Freedom from the Burden of Government Benefits. Let me first say that I intend for her expat retirement to be a fun, hopeful, and inspiring place to watch and read and listen about my adventure of retiring for the rest of my life in Thailand. But there's an elephant in the room that must be addressed, and that is the burning question as to why I feel the need to leave America. This is bound to be somewhat depressing. However, I'll also cover why there is so much hope for a better life for retired women like me in Southeast Asia. So please stay with me past the depressing stuff. Before I record a YouTube video or make a podcast, I usually first write an article and post it to my website. If you want to know any of the references that I use when I write my articles and I do my research, go to the website and scroll down to the end of the article with the same name and you'll find the list of resources that I used. I usually first write an article, post it to the website, and then use the article to record a YouTube video and then I separate out the audio from the YouTube video and turn that into a podcast. So you can find three different versions by going to my website, Her Expat Retirement, whatever's more convenient for you. So, reason number one as to why I want to leave America and move to Southeast Asia is because in a country like Thailand or the Philippines, I can afford to live out of pocket without having to rely on any government benefits or deal with all of the restrictions, intrusions, and stigma that go along with them. As a very low-income American woman, living on Social Security retirement benefits of only $880 a month, my main focus for many years now has been on finding and keeping safe, affordable housing, first and foremost. Next, trying to eat healthy on very little money in a food budget. And finally, keeping myself insured for health insurance. Now, the good news is that in America, if you are really poor, the government does have benefits that will take care of all of the above to a fairly decent degree. The bad news is that if you try to work or improve your situation, you can lose all of the above. Our government punishes those who try to help themselves to such a degree that you can't even afford to try. And of course, you live in constant fear of the benefits being taken away. You also give away your freedom and your constitutional rights, such as your right to privacy and the right to move freely around the country. For me to get the benefits that I absolutely need in order to not become homeless in America, I must provide the government with far more personal information than any other American has to. 
even in your IRS tax returns. I have to fork over all of my actual bank statements. I have to let them know who's staying with me, even if they're just a visitor, if it's over a certain period of time. And if they stay with me for too long, I can lose my housing and other benefits. The government even controls what kind of food I can buy with my SNAP benefits, otherwise known as Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, food money, and how long I can be away from my home. If I want to keep my benefits, I must agree to these restrictions that other Americans don't have to. I now have a HUD Section 8 voucher, and HUD stands for the Department of Housing and Urban Development. I won't go into the long story of how I accomplished it, but it took several years and required me to move far away from where I wanted to live in order to get it. But the Section 8 voucher now allows me to pay just 30% of my income for my rent. Now this has made a huge difference in my ability to buy simple necessities I couldn't afford before I got it. Buying things like new shoes, or even paper towels or dog food, was extremely difficult when I was paying half of my income for rent even in subsidized senior housing before I got the Section 8 voucher. And back then, I was only living on about $650 a month. <laughs> now I pay 30% of my $880 a month SSA benefit for rent in my subsidized senior apartment building I live in because of the Section 8 voucher. I only have to pay 30% now of my income for rent. So I'm only paying about $264 for rent now, and the government pays the difference to my landlord. Now, that's a great benefit for sure. But if I work at a job, I then have to pay 30% of my gross income towards my rent. If I make too much, which isn't much, I lose my SNAP food benefits. My healthcare benefit that pays my Medicare premium for me, which would otherwise cost me $165 per month out of pocket, and I can get kicked out of my subsidized housing. And if I'm away from my apartment for over 90 days, I lose my housing. It's considered abandonment of subsidized housing. Also, if I have too much money in savings, I can lose my health care benefits. In most states, the most you can have in savings is $2,000. And if you have more than that, you lose the ability to get Medicaid for nursing home coverage. You can have more than that now in California under a new law, but if I want a bigger savings account than $2,000 and I want Medicaid coverage so my nursing home will be covered, I can't leave California. <laughs> Now, what kind of an emergency in America would $2,000 cover? 
I replaced a transmission in an old truck once, years ago, that cost more than that. We are allowed to have credit card debt, though. We make sure we don't save more than the maximum in savings, and we rely on credit cards in case of an emergency, and just hope there's never an emergency so great that we end up in bankruptcy and then lose our only way to handle any emergency expense. Let me give you an example of how the government keeps me from improving my situation in order to keep my benefits. A couple of years ago, during the pandemic, I opened a little Etsy shop that sold downloadable digital copies of vintage sewing machine manuals for about $5 a piece. I made a profit of about $650 that year. Everybody was at home dusting off grandma's sewing machine <laughs> to make masks. <laughs> Remember lockdown? Those were the days. At any rate, as always, I was honest with my county worker and I reported everything like I'm supposed to. I'm always honest because I have too much to lose as in ending up homeless if I lose my benefits, let alone going to prison for fraud against the federal government. But when all was said and done, even though I only owed the IRS about $40 in self-employment taxes, I ended up losing a total of about $1,200 in lost benefits. From a profit of $610 after taxes to in the whole $1,200. The county worker made my life a living nightmare in requiring a mountain of paperwork over that little Etsy shop. And then she miscalculated my SNAP food benefit. And it turns out if they make a mistake, which was a loss to me of about $700. They are not allowed by law to pay you the back, pen the back benefits, even if it's their mistake and you did everything right. It's called an administrative error. And if they make one and you don't catch it, of course, not knowing how they calculate what they do anyway. And if it results in you losing benefits, you're just out of luck. It's like, oh, well, administrative error, too bad. <laughs> Plus, I had a big fight with the county over how much they wanted to raise my rent because of me making that extra money. They wanted to base it on my gross business income with no business write-offs, even though the law says I get those deductions. Now, anybody in business knows that your gross income is usually nowhere near your actual profit after expenses. I looked up their own county rules and showed them to my worker and her super supervisor, because I wasn't getting anywhere with her. And, and even then, they both really fought me on it. Dealing with the county 
was way more work and hassle than running the Etsy shop ever was. Plus, I lost so many benefits compared to what I actually took in. It's like, why, why do it, right? <laughs> What's in it for me? <laughs> so the bottom line was that it ended up being such a hassle, and I lost so much money and lost benefits and higher rent. And even then, I was being treated like I was some kind of criminal. It was so bizarre. And even though I was completely honest, and I was actually going to be saving the government money, I finally just threw up my hands and closed that the darn Etsy shop. And then, <laughs> and then they made my life a misery, having to jump through a bunch of hoops to prove I closed it. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> now, now, some people think it seems only fair that, uh, you know, having to report everything that you do and dealing with sometimes inept or deliberately unkind county workers and all of these restrictions and intrusions in exchange for, quote unquote, living off the government. I've actually had people rudely say to me, you're welcome for living off my taxes, as if I never paid into the system myself. But my only crime is that I'm poor. And I'm only poor because as a woman, I didn't earn much money in my lifetime. I graduated high school in 1974. And if you think women don't earn as much as men now, it was much worse back then. And your retirement benefit is based on the actual amount of money that you earned yourself. In 1974, the minimum wage in California was $2 an hour. <laughs> and that was, that, was a, that was a raise at the time. <laughs> also, the way our social security system is set up, your retirement benefit is based solely on your own income, as I mentioned. But I also want you to know, there's no adjustment for a woman who stayed home to take care of the kids, regardless of how much money her husband was earning. The closest exception to that is that a woman is allowed to get up to half of the amount of her husband's Social Security retirement benefit amount if she stays married to him for 10 consecutive years at least, and then even if she did stay married to him for over 10 years, and even if he divorced her, she can never marry again, or she forfeits those benefits. And remember, a lot of women of my age stayed home, you know, to take care of the kids. It was just starting that, that, that women were putting their children in daycare and actually going to work too. And a lot of husbands didn't want their women, their, their, their wives to work. And there was a lot of pushback against me when I went to work, uh, I ended up a single mom, for having my child in daycare. There was so much pressure, societal pressure by women even 
I would say more so of women at, 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 at that time, my age, giving me a hard time for letting a daycare raise my child. So we didn't make very much money, is my point. And, uh, you know, and on what planet does it seem even remotely fair that you had to stay married to your husband for at least 10 years, and then you can never marry again, or you don't get any of the benefits that you're allowed, which are still only half of whatever he made. I have Social Security retirement benefits because I worked. You can only get them in the U.S. if you worked the equivalent of full-time for at least 10 years. And I never stayed married for 10 years to anybody. (laughs) So yes, I did work enough to get retirement benefits myself based on my own work. And I was a single mom for a long time. And still, a single working mom. Not living on welfare, okay? (laughs) And still, I'm completely reliant on government benefits now in order to stay housed, fed, and have health insurance I can afford. Because there's no way I or most Americans can afford to pay for medical care out of pocket in America. You know, it's such a shame that retired women in America end up in poverty in far greater numbers than men. As if we didn't work our butts off taking care of our families, often while also working full-time at some point or ending up as single working mothers like me. According to a 2016 report done by the National Institute of Retirement Security entitled Shortchanged in Retirement, the Continuing Challenges to Women's Financial Future, women are 80, 80, 80% more likely than men to be impoverished at age 65 or older. And so here we are having to live off the government, always in fear of losing our benefits, while being treated like we, could, we should be ashamed of ourselves. Living in our subsidized apartments, basically counting the days until we end up in a Medicaid nursing home from hell. <laughs> that happens to be number two on my list of why I want to leave America. American nursing homes. We'll get into that in the next episode as to why the nursing homes are so awful in America and so different and wonderful in Thailand in comparison. So now you know what my future looks like as an impoverished 67-year-old woman in America. It's pretty darn bleak. And that's before I end up in a Medicaid nursing home from hell. And here is where you're waiting to hear me say, but it will be better for me in Southeast Asia. And so here is where the hopeful stuff begins. In the Philippines, I could get a visa that would give me permanent residency. I could come and go from the country whenever I wanted to. They would allow me to work and they would allow me to pay into their national health insurance for only about $300 a year. And I could afford to pay for all of my needs, including my rent and everything else, on my Social Security retirement benefits alone. 
The visa options in Thailand are more restrictive, but it's still possible to legally work in Thailand too. And Thailand is even cheaper than the Philippines, depending, and has some other benefits that are more attractive than the Philippines. We'll go over all of that stuff in an upcoming episode after we get through my reasons for wanting to leave America. But just another quick hint, the nursing homes in Thailand are wonderful. And for you snowbirds out there, there's the additional bonus that you won't ever have to shovel snow in Southeast Asia. But just imagine what a great feeling it would be for someone like me to be able to feel like she could hold her head up high again as someone who was able to pay her own way without needing any government handouts. To not feel like a loser, you know, a charity case. To never have to deal again with some rude person saying to her in line at the grocery store, you're welcome for the food you're eating with my tax dollars. Or another unkind county worker who treats her like a lazy bum because she's poor, even if she worked hard all her life. I can't wait for that feeling of freedom. The freedom that will come with being able to pay my own way again, to grow a savings account, to feel a value, to not be in fear of becoming homeless or hungry dependent on the whims of Congress, to use my creative juices again and get paid for it, to come and go as I please. So sure, I'm grateful for the government benefits I get now, but I can't wait to get rid of them. And in Thailand or the Philippines, believe it or not, I'll be considered kind of rich. <laughs> I'm Kelly Portola, and in the next episode of Her Expat Retirement, I'll cover reason number two for wanting to leave America, American nursing homes, and how different and wonderful the nursing homes are in Thailand. You can always find everything I do on HerExpatRetirement.com. The letters spell Her, H-E-R, Her Expat Retirement. And feel free to use that Buy Me a Coffee button on my website. I hope to see you again real soon.